Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, we're continuing our series that we've uh, called Acts, and uh, I want to encourage you to read the book of Acts. If you have it, remember uh, in the New Testament, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the next book is Acts. And it's about all about when God sent His Holy Spirit. It's about the acts of the Spirit and then the acts of the people that actually when the Spirit come on them, what happened. And so I uh, so just want to encourage you to do that uh, as we um, continue this journey together. It's, it's, very, it's one of the most exciting books of the Bible. So I want to encourage you to do that. Now, as we get into this uh, today, I want to tell you there, I'm going to talk to you about how to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. How to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, back about a year ago, I started going to the gym. I'll tell you more about that later. And there's a group, now there's probably about seven uh, of us that meet at 6 a.m. Uh, at Gold's Gym. And so, you know, um, sometimes, you know, I work out by myself and sometimes I work out with a group of guys. But what I found out is, is that, you know, they're all younger than me. And they like to uh, take me back there, and there's something in the gym called a bench, and it's called the bench press, okay? It's where you lay on your back and you lift these weights. Well, they like to take me back there and uh, try to embarrass me. I mean, that's just what this is. these younger guys try to take me back, and they try to, you know, they want to show me how strong they are and how weak I am. And they're like, come on, Pastor Jeff, come on, Pastor Jeff. So I'll go back there with them every once in a while. Listen, I'm 170 pounds, all right? That's, I'm 170 I shouldn't be able to lift 250 pounds. I just shouldn't be able to do that, you know? And so anyways, we get back there, and, uh, you know, they keep piling on the weight, and, and I'm doing this, and, you know, they're, and so I, we have, they have a, they're a spotter, you know? They're over me. They're like a spotter. So the, they got their hands on the weight, and they're, you know, come on, Pastor Jeff. And they just get me to my arms. are just going like this, you know, shaking. And, and, then, and then it's like, come on, you can do two more. You can do two more. I'm like, in my mind, no, do you see what I see? You know, all right, I'm spazzing here. So anyways, but what I've discovered, don't you tell them. I've discovered this, that, that, that if I, you know, since they're, they're saying, come on, you can do it. What I've learned is this, I quit doing it. And guess what? They're going, yeah. and so, you know, my hands are just riding on the bar. I come on, and I said, and then when I said, you know, to pay them back, I said, come on, I got one more. I got one more. They go, I don't know if you do, but yeah, I got one more. Come on. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> what I want to tell you is this. That sort of describes how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. He's the spotter. Many times, you know, when we're trying so hard, we get so hard, oh, so hard, we're trying and our arms are shaking and we can't do anything else. At that time, the Holy Spirit comes in and he puts his hands on the bar. 
And guess what? You don't have to do anything. You just let your hands ride with what he's doing in your life. And it's that power that we want to talk about. That's the experience that we want to talk about. And, 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 and listen, a lot of people have made the Holy Spirit into a lot of stuff that he's not. He's in it to give your life power. And that means a step in when you can't take another step. And that's what he's here to do. So I want to talk to you about that today. So I want to give you three things that I think will help us that I know are biblical that says that the whole, if you want the Holy Spirit's power, here's some three, three things that you do. He's going to show up. And the first one is, would you write this down? The first one is, number one, is share Jesus. Share Jesus. And one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, remember, you've got to get the context of this. What I'm about to share with you in Acts 1 and 8, Jesus has, Jesus has, has died on the cross. He's rose from the dead. And he's back on, he, it's been another 40 days that, hey, after he's resurrected, he's walking around talking to people. That's why so many people believe in Jesus. You know that. It wasn't the fact that he died on the cross and he said, hey, I'm up three days, you know, and then he went to heaven. No, no, no. He stayed around another 40 days and met people. That's what, everybody was like blown away. You know that even Jesus, Jesus' brothers really didn't believe in him until after the resurrection. <laughs> they met him after and said, whoa, you are the one, you know. And so after that, I haven't watched it. Here we go. Watch this. So Jesus is talking to these people, these, these followers of his. He said, hey, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you a power, the, the Holy Spirit's power, the comforter. And, he, and this is what he says. Look what he says. In Acts 1 and 8, he said, but you will what? You'll receive power. That's right. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So basically he was saying, you're going to be a witness to, in your household, in this town, uh, in, the, in, in the surrounding areas, and then into this country and to around the world. You're going to be my witnesses. And so the Bible says that, that we are, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And, and again, right after he said that, then Jesus went to heaven. The Bible says, like you let go of a, a, a balloon. Have you ever had a balloon filled with helium? You ever seen one of those and you let it go outside and how it goes up? just ascends into the, to the heavens. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did right after he gained that word right there, right after he said that. He said, okay, this is the last thing I'm going to tell you, and I'm out of here. And he ascended into heaven, okay? So then I'm going to tell you this power of the Holy Spirit comes on us to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Now, what is a witness? So the problem that we have with this is that most people think to be a witness that they got to be a theologian, okay? And many of us, when we talk about sharing our faith and sharing Jesus, we get, we get wigged out. You know, we're like, what's that all about? Because we're scared that somebody's going to ask us a question that we can't answer, right? Anybody else ever feel that way? Oh, yeah. You know what? As a pastor, I can tell you that used to be my greatest fear when I was younger because I felt like I had to have an answer for everything. Now I got an answer for everything. You know what it is? I don't know. That's the greatest answer I got. I, I don't know. And I'm good with I don't know because I don't know. You want me to make up something and lie to you <laughs> so I can sound like I know, like I used to do when I was young, you know? So, but here's what a, what a witness is. Listen, look at this picture. You see this picture right here? This person is on the witness stand. There's a judge there, and she's being asked questions. And guess what? She's only testifying to what she has seen and what she has heard. That's it. It's, a, it's, not, it's about, okay, what have you experienced? That's all she, she's not there to give a, give a, a course, a discourse on, on law, criminal law or anything like that. That lady is there just to say what she has seen and heard. That's what a witness is. 
And when Jesus says, you're going to be my witness, that means the Holy Spirit's going to come on you so you can be my witness. That means that you're just going to share what you've experienced. Listen, my life was like this, you know. Then I met Jesus. He came into my life. He saved me. My life has been changed to this. That's all I know is that Jesus has saved me, and I'm different now. Amen. See what I'm talking about? That's what a witness is. It's not about having a degree. People can, listen, who cares if they ask you questions you can't answer? Say, all I know, this is what I do know. I don't know about all that, but this is what I know. He changed me. Amen, somebody? Okay, so, so witness. Now, let me just say this to you. Oh, look at, let me just read the next verse to you. 1 Corinthians, look what it says. 1 Corinthians 2, again, this is a guy named Paul. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Look what he says. He says, my message and my preaching were, were not with, let's read what's online. You ready? Come on. With, with wise and persuasive words. Did you notice that? Okay. But with, look at the next, what's underlined. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Demonstration of the, the Spirit's power. And he goes on to say, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but, let's read it. You ready? Come on. On God's power. Now, let me tell you something. If there's anybody that understands this, it's me. Because, you know, my goal, I'm not here to try to impress you. Again, when I was younger, I tried that. Impressing people doesn't work. You know, it's impact we want to make, right? And the Bible says this, is that it's not with, uh, Paul was saying, it's not with wise and persuasive words, but it's with the Spirit's power. And here's what I know happens every week. Every week when I speak, I understand this, that before it hits your ears, the Holy Spirit of God takes what comes out of my mouth and does this supercharge and sticks it right in your ears. And you go, wow, that guy is awesome. That guy rocks. No, I don't. Some of you say this to me. You said this to me before. You said, after a message, you come up to me. You said, man, have you been living in my house? I mean, I can't tell you how many people say, have you been living in my house? Has my wife been talking to you? Has my children been talking? I mean, I have people ask, and they're serious. They're like, man, what's going on here? No, I don't live in your house, but guess who does? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he takes what comes out of my mouth, woo, 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 supercharges it, and bam, right there in your ear, unless you hear just what you need to hear. And it changes you, and it changes me. So what, here's what I want to tell you. As I stand here today, I know I'm not that good. And I know I'm not that great. But I know the Holy Spirit who lives within me and who wants to touch you is. And so therefore, I can stand with confidence. You know, you might not know this because I want to get better as a speaker. I listen to myself just about every week. It's torture. I'm like, are you kidding me? You said that? I'm like, dude, I would not come back to that church if I heard somebody talk like that. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about him who is in me, and he that's in you, and he knows what you need, and so he takes that. So I just want you to understand that. So here's what I want to tell you. To be a witness, it's not about trying to impress people. Stop trying to impress people. Let's work on impacting people. That's why, you know, at SEC here, we have an impact team. We want to impact people. We don't want to impress people, Amen. We want to impact them. And so here's what I want to tell you. If we're going to make an impact, we have to learn to connect with people. You can never, you can never ever give direction or correction without a connection. Let me say it again. 
You can never give direction or connect. Or, you can never give direction or correction without a connection. In other words, if you don't have a connection with people, they're not interested in what you've got to say. That's why the guy on the corner that's screaming at people, they go by, turn or burn, you lie, you fry. People are like, that is a jerk. What, what's wrong with that? Get them some help. Why? Because there's no connection. But you get someone that you're connected to. You're going to listen to them, right? Listen, this generation that we're trying, this next generation will never, ever be interested in our God because, until they know that our God is interested in making a connection with them. And the only way that they're ever going to know that, they're inter- that God is interested in making a connection with them is that we make a connection with the next generation. And then through our connection, the Holy Spirit does this work and lets them know that there's a God that's interested in them. Amen? And so I want to tell you, do that. Now, here's what I'll tell you. Again, I told you I go to the gym. And the reason I go to the gym is not to be like those young guys that are going with me right now. You know, they want to walk around like this. Well, there was a day that I thought that was cool, too. But now, I met a young guy at the gym the other day, and he was, hell, he was walking around. He, he wasn't part of our church. He's, he was walking around without his shirt on in the locker room. He was, I mean, he was big. And I said, hey, buddy. He said, yeah. I said, you keep working. You'll get one of these one day. He said, he just laughed. <laughs> you know, he said, he said, I said, well, I said, let me tell you, my goals used to be that. I said, but they've changed now. He said, yeah. He said, your goal now is longevity, isn't it? I said, shut up. <laughs> what else? Shut up. He said it, too. If he wasn't so big, I would have tried to whip him right there. Wisdom stepped in. So I go to the gym. Here's why I go to the gym. I started going to the gym not because I wanted to be healthier. I had all that. I, got a, I could work out at my house and do that. I did it for years. But I want to share my faith. And so I've been, I've been there. And right now at Easter, Easter's coming, you know. I've got, I've got about 10 people at the gym that, that I'm inviting to come to Easter service because I've spent a year connecting, connecting. There's this one person at the gym that, I, that I've been trying to connect with. And I'm telling you, they're just, man, they're just mean. I mean, like, who doesn't like me? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Who cannot like me? <laughs> I'm sure many of you could answer that. And Ron is like, I can tell you who can like you. But anyway, I'm like, and I've been, you know, and I mean, like, this person has been so mean. Matter of fact, we, I wanted to invite them to uh, Christmas Eve service. And so I was scared, so I made Christoph go over there. I'm like, hey, you go talk to them. And so anyways, but finally, finally, listen, I don't know what happened. I've been praying for them. I, I mean, I've been praying. And finally, this last week, about two weeks ago, there was a breakthrough. This person started smiling when I walked around. Because I ain't giving up. Uh-uh. No, no, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to smile and shake your hand and say hello to you every day until you just can't stand it no more. But anyway, so we finally had a breakthrough. And the other day I was on a treadmill. Those young guys don't want to talk about a treadmill, by the way. But I was on a treadmill, and this person jumped up on the treadmill beside me and started running, and I, I knew that they were interested in a spiritual conversation. And so what I'm asking you to do is this. I'm asking you to take these cards that we have right here. These are Easter invite cards, and I'm asking you to pass them out. And I'm asking you that you will begin to pray, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you let me be your witness? And this card, all this card is is a conversation piece. You give them the card, and then they begin to ask the questions, and you just give your witness, what you've seen and heard. Amen? 
And we can lead people to Jesus. So I'm asking you to do that. So take those. Matter of fact, on the next step on your connection card, it says, I will do my best to give three invite cards to share Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes on you when you share Jesus. And so if you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, you do what he asks you to do, and you begin to share your faith, and he will light you up. And after you talk to that person, you're going to say stuff that you never knew was inside of you because it wasn't until he gave it to you. And that's what he wants to do. Okay, number, number two. You ready? Let's write this down. Number two, if you want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, is pray for what seems impossible. Pray for what seems impossible. There's a guy that I want to introduce you to. Now, his name is Simon Peter. This guy was a jerk. He was one of Jesus' disciples, but he was hot-headed. And, uh, you know, he was big mouth. And matter of fact, he told Jesus that, hey... Jesus, if everybody else leaves you, I'm the man. I'm going to stay with you all the way. You can count on me, Jesus. And then guess what? The night that Jesus was arrested, this guy, what did he do? He ran and hid. And you know, he followed, he followed Jesus from a distance into where he was going to trial at. And there was people who said, hey, do you, you know this man. Or, oh, I don't know. And denied Jesus three times. Sold him out three times. Right there it is. The moment that Jesus needed the most, this big mouth guy. But guess what? After Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected again, he, this guy repented. Forty days after he had made this horrible mistake and said, I don't know him, and denied Jesus committed this hideous sin. Forty days later, guess what? Jesus uses him to preach the first message that would ever be preached about Jesus. And we find that in Acts chapter 2 and chapter 3. Peter, so, so here he is. He's become this apostle now that's sharing about Jesus everywhere. These miracles are happening everywhere. God is using him. And the reason I tell you that is because some of you think, well, I've done something so bad that God can never use me. Oh, yes, he can. It ain't over for you until it's over for you. You know what I'm saying? When you stop breathing, then God can't use you anymore. Then he's going to take you to heaven. And so here Peter is. They're, they're, they're lashing out at all these things. And so now... The, the people that crucified Jesus now don't like these guys preaching this message either, so they're trying to get rid of them. And listen, they just killed a couple of the, the Jesus followers. They just killed a couple of them. They put Peter in jail, and the reason that they didn't go ahead and kill him is because it was a religious holiday, so they got to wait. You know, it's like the weekend, and they got to wait till Monday, and they're going to get rid of him too. So let's look, pick up the story. Look what it says. So Acts 12, it says, So Peter was kept in prison... But the church was earnestly worrying about Peter. Is that what it says? Now, what were they doing? They were praying. They were praying to God for him. Look what happens. The night before Herod was brought, to, uh, brought uh, I'm sorry, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bond, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And what's that next word? Because that's what God does things suddenly, right? Some of you in this situation right now, you feel like there's no way out, but I'm telling you through the power of the Holy Spirit, he does things suddenly. That's why you can't give up. Suddenly, he says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And guess what happened? Let's read what's online. You ready? Come on. The chains, the chains fell off. The chains fell off Peter's wrist. And let me just tell you this. Prayer still breaks the chains in our lives. Did you hear that? 
Some of us today feel like we're, we're bound up. And there's people that you, you know that just seem like they're never going to be free. Prayer breaks the chains that bind us up. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandal. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing and really happened. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guard and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through. When they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left. Then Peter came to himself. Now, Lotus, let's read what's on the line together. You ready? Come on. Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and, and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. What were they anticipating? They were going to kill him. But God delivered him. And here's what I want to tell you. Through prayer, listen, what we can do, only what we can do, Right? But when we pray, God does what we cannot do. Did you hear that? If you're going to experience the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to learn to pray. And we have to ask God to do what we cannot do we, for the impossible. i got a question for you. What impossible thing are you facing right now? What is it that's got you in bonds? What's got you chained? And I would tell you today that the solution is, is begin to pray and watch what God will do in your life. And so, I believe so much in prayer. I'm believing that this Easter is going to be a, a breakthrough Easter for a lot of people. And there's people in my, these people that I've got to know, that I've built relationships with, that I've been praying for. I'm inviting them to Easter, but I, I'm praying. And I want to ask you to pray. You know, the Bible says that when the church prayed, God set Peter free. Did you see that? It wasn't when one person prayed, it was when the church prayed. And so I'm asking you, if there's any way at all possible that you would join me next Saturday as we begin to pray about what God wants to do at Easter, we're going to have communion and prayer only for one hour, but I'm asking you to join me. Why? So that we can pray that God can break the chains of your family's lives, of your friends' lives, of all, the, all those chains that you have, that we're going to pray together that God's going to break the chains, Amen. That this Easter is going to be a resurrection Sunday that people's lives are going to be different. There's going to be family that you've got that are in another, another state, but because you have prayed and you've asked God to break the chains, they're going to call you and say, I don't know what happened, but Easter Sunday morning I was laying in my bed, was minding my own business, and all of a sudden this happened. And I said, God, I know you're alive, and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because when the church prays, God moves. We need God to move. So if you're just checking on the back of your connection, I said, I will do my best to be a part of Saturday prayer on March 24th. Okay, number three, you ready? Let's write this down. Number three is allow God to change your perspective. Another guy I want to introduce you to now, the guy named, that we know in the Bible, his name is Paul. Well, he wrote, he wrote the majority of the New Testament. God used him in a mighty way, but before... Everybody knew him as Paul. They knew him as Saul. What he did, his job was is going around and he persecuted Christians. That's what he did. As a matter of fact, after Jesus had you know went to heaven, Peter started preaching, and Christian, you know, that's when Christianity was born. Guess what? Well, he didn't like that. He was sided with the Jewish people and thought it was he was bad. And so he went around and had people arrested and, and had Christians, you know, killed and all this stuff. 
And so here he is doing all this stuff, and now he's on his road to a city called Damascus, and, and then all of a sudden something happens. Let's look what happens here. It says, as he near, talking about Paul or Saul, as he neared Damascus on his journey, what's that next word? Suddenly, there it is again. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Why do you persecute me? You know what's another word for persecution? Is rejection. Why do you reject me? Why do you persecute me? He goes on to say this. Who are you, Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now let me just stop there just a second before we continue this story. Here's the deal. Have you, ever, have you ever been rejected? Like, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, like, if I, were to, if I were to offer you this Bible, say, hey, listen, I want you to just take a look at this Bible right here. Matter of fact, you can have it. And, and you know what? You ignore me. Would you say that you were rejecting me? Doesn't it feel that way? I mean, what if, if you just, if I try to say, hey, 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 and you turn and look, and then you start looking the other direction. You turn and look, and you look the other direction. Then I would say that you're rejecting it. If I just offered it to you, and you just said, uh-uh. I would still say that's rejection. And so here's what I want to tell you is this, is that the Holy Spirit of God is in this room right now. Jesus is here. And there's some of you that are not Christ followers. And this is what I want to tell you is Amanda loves you. Many times when you refuse to receive him, you are actually rejecting him. And the question that Jesus asked today is this, is why are you persecuting me? Why are you rejecting me? I have nothing but good ahead of you. Why are you going the opposite direction that I'm asking you to go? Why? Because I want what's better for you. And so today, you don't have to reject him anymore. You can receive him. That's the opposite of rejecting is receiving. And there's a prayer inside of our program right here. This is a prayer to become a Christ follower. We're not going to ask you to stand up raise your hand or anything like that. But I'm telling you that God has put you here today and said, hey, I want you to receive me. Quit rejecting me. Why are you rejecting me? And so today, if that's you, and I believe there's many in this room today that you're making that decision, that you're going to follow Jesus Christ, all I'm asking you to do is that when you read that prayer and you say, that's me, Jesus, says, check the boxes, I'm praying a prayer to become a Christ follower. Now, everybody, can we just give God a hand for those people that are giving their life to Jesus right now? Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, that's not the end of the story. We go on, and so, this, so you, we see this has happened here, that, that Saul basically fell off his horse because this light has shined, you know, and these people, he heard this voice, and he's blind now, he can't see. And so he goes into the, to this little city, and there's a guy by the name of Ananias that the, God has said to Ananias, Ananias, I want you to go, and I want you to pray for Paul. And Ananias says Heck no, I'm not praying for, uh, his name was Saul at that time. I'm not praying for Saul. He said, Lord, you know, he's been killing Christians. He's been killing people like me, throwing in jail. You got the wrong man, God. You ever felt like that? I have many times. And so he, the Lord said, no, I'm going to use him greatly in my work. Now watch this. Here we go. So, so Saul comes on down there, and Ananias goes to him, and he begins to pray for him. And look what happens. Look what the Bible says. Then Ananias went into the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you 
were coming here, look what's underlined, has sent me so that you may what? You may see again. And be filled with the what? The Holy Spirit. What's that next word? Immediately. I love that. Immediately, something like what? Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could what? He could see again. He got up and was baptized. Now, let me talk to you. This is so important. Because Saul, what he thought was right, he thought he was doing right by, by killing these Christians and having them thrown in jail. And here's what it is. He, he thought like you and I did. He said, well, the way I see it is this. And he was going on what he saw, was, uh, which was opposite of what God saw. And many of you sitting right here today, there's things that you've got in your mind that you see. You say, well, the way I see it is, and what you're doing is opposite of God. But you're so blinded by your way that you can't hear the voice of God. And you're, you're causing turmoil in your life, in your relationships, in your finances, everywhere. It's causing turmoil. And God has to come in and remove the scales. You have to ask God to remove the scales. This is what I want you to know as well. Hopeless people are constantly thinking hopeless thoughts. Hopeful people are constantly thinking hope-filled thoughts. And here's the thing. But so many people have blinders on their eyes that all they do is think about hopeless things, and so they're so unhappy. And which side of that do you think God is on? Do you think God is on hopeless or hope-filled? Which one? Hope-filled, right? And so we have to begin to think God's thoughts, and we have to let God come in and take the blinders off, take the scales off our eyes, and say, Holy Spirit, come in and do what needs to be done in me. Do the surgery that needs to be done in me so that I can see what you see. Now, I want to talk to you just a second. Can I be honest with you? Can you handle that today? I, you know what? I've been a Christian for, for over 35 years. And there's still scales that I have on my eyes that I didn't even know I had. When we, when, you know, back here, I've been here, I'll be 23 years here in a couple of weeks being the pastor of this church. At my 20th year, we started talking about, okay, this is when I, when the, I had to have a, a meeting with the Lord because I was scared. We need to expand our building. We need, to, we need to take some steps. But I was scared. You know why? Because I've been on this journey before, and 15 years ago when we did it, it was horrible. I didn't like it. It hurt. It was difficult. And because of that, guess what? I was scared to move forward. And here's what happened. You know, I begin to say, oh, well, if we move forward, God, then we got to ask people to give to a building fund. You know, people quit coming to church. I mean, this is what was going through my mind. All that, you know, people want, they'll quit giving their tithe and they'll start to give to the building fund. The, you won't have finances. You know, people will leave the church. All this, all this stuff is going through my mind. But you know why? Because I had a scarcity mindset. But God is an abundant mindset. Amen. So here's what happened. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't take that step. We should, have, we, should be do, we should have done three years ago what we're doing now. But I wouldn't do it. At my 20-year mark of being the pastor of this church, I took a sabbatical. That means an extended time off. I took four weeks off. Because I was wrestling with God. I was sitting up at a house in, in Hiawassee, Georgia. I could take it to the back porch. I was sitting on the swing and I had my Bible in my hand. I said, God, what do you want? Because I either thought my time's over. I 
God, you've got to show me something. And I love you so much. And the last thought in my mind is ever not being here with you. And the Holy Spirit of God spoke to me and said, either you've got you to trust me and you've got to build so that my kingdom can grow or you've got to go. And there on that back porch, I wrestled with God. I said, God, but no, Lord, I remember last time. It was horrible. It was bad. I don't want to do it again, God. I don't want to do it again. Because I had the scales of the past wound. It was like scar tissue. And the Lord said to me, trust me. I'm the God of abundance, abundance. And he reminded me, Jeff, when everything else failed and, and you were going, it was going under, it was me that stepped in. And it was me that brought you to where you are. It was my Holy Spirit that's, that's brought you to where you are. And you've got to trust me. Jeff, I, I am not the, the, of, of the scarcity mindset. I have abundance. And what the Holy Spirit spoke to me was this. Is that, you know, there's not just like this one pie that, you know, if you use all this up, then there's no more. He said, Jeff, I'm the pie maker. I'll provide all that you need. You just move out in my name and I'll do it. And I come back here. And that was three years ago. We come back here. We started on this journey. Let me tell you something. From the day that we started until now, over 700 people have given their life to Jesus Christ in this building. Can we say thank God for that? Let me tell you something. We've not had, our finances have not went down. It's went up. Our attendance, we've grown over 200 people in the last three years. You know why? Because we said we are going to trust God. God removed the scales off of my eyes. And he's bigger than ever before. He's a God that can do anything. I'm telling you, here's here today to remove the scales from your eyes. What are you afraid of? What old wound, what scar has caused you to stop trusting God? I'm telling you today, he wants to move in you. He wants to change you. He wants to remove the scales in your life. He wants to move. If it can happen, listen, if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. And there's some of you that you've got old scars that are there and you're just seeing things this way. And God says, no, no, no. I want to move the scales so I can move in your life. Your, your scales are holding you back. God is wanting to move in you. He's wanting to move in you. The scales, the scales have got to be moved. And I couldn't do it. I, I listen, I pray every day. I, I read my Bible, but still I had my scales up. The, the scar tissue was there. And I was wrestling with God. And some of you sitting here today, you're wrestling with God because you're fighting for what you see. And today he's called this, this man who's been wounded but who's been restored to tell you that that same God is here today through the power of His Holy Spirit to remove your scales that you can begin to trust Him again. Would you stand with me right now?
experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, everyone knows who they are. They know the, they know the scars of what they've been through, oh God, and they're scared to let go and trust you. But God, today, in the name of Jesus, do for them what you did for me on that back porch in Hawassi, Georgia. Lord, right now, we say, God, it's not what I see. It's what you see. So today, we release our fears and we say, God, remove the scales. Move the scales. Remove the scales from our eyes that we may see you in a beautiful and wonderful way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.